Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. Well, hello, you guys. My name is Mary Solis. I am the church online campus pastor. Welcome to Hope. Hey, if it's your first time and you're like, wait, who is this chick? Um, I'm online campus pastor, so you, if you are online at any point, maybe you go to Frisco West, Frisco East, McKinney, Prosper. Shout out to all the campuses. At some point or another, I feel like we're all kind of the online campus. So you are family to me, and I'm so, so excited because this week, John asked the campus pastors to share about my absolute, one of my absolute favorite topics, and that is the B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. I love talking about the Bible. So just a little background. So last week, John really laid some foundation for us to understand and approach Scripture, understand the Bible. And so he laid that out and started this series called How to Bible, which when I heard about that, I was like, oh, yes, let's go. How to Bible. And so he did that intentionally, though. So we are, the campus pastors, are continuing this series, and this is part two today. And we're going to really dive in. Hopefully you left last week's message, and if you didn't get to hear it, definitely go back. You can find it on YouTube and basically any streaming platform. Go listen to it so you can approach the Bible in the correct way and have the right lens But hopefully you left and you were like, okay, like, I want to actually do that now. Like, how do I actually get in there, understand it, and apply it to my life? And so that's what we're going to get to talk about today so that when we take a turn, John will be back and we will actually get to dive in to the book of Hebrews throughout the summer. And so I'm so excited to really, really get in there and learn that. And so before we do that, though, before we jump into that book, We felt it was so, so important to lay this foundation. How do I understand this book? How do I apply this book to my life? About 11 years ago, I was graduating high school. Yes, go ahead. You can do the math. And um, I was going on a mission trip. It was my first mission trip ever. And some people, they're like, yeah, I'm going to go to uh, another state within the U.S., Or, oh, maybe I'll go to another country, but they're definitely 100% going to be speaking my language, so I feel comfortable. No, not me. (laughs) I was like an all or nothing, like I'm going all the way, so extreme. And instead of going to, you know, a place that would be, you know, and those are all good and well. Yeah, that's great. No, I had to go to the exact opposite side of the globe. So if you put your finger on Dallas, Texas, go to the other side of the globe. Cambodia. And for my first mission trip ever at 18, thank you, mom, for letting me go all that way, 12 hours difference, all the way to the other side of the globe. And before you go on any trip, not only did they not speak my language, but there were different customs and different things that they would do that normally I would think, oh, it's fine to do this thing. Like when I would go into my house, I'd always wear my shoes in my house. But I learned, oh, when you go into a house in Asia, you better take your shoes off. So there are all these things that we were taught. If you go on a trip with us here at Hope, you're taught of the customs and things that you're supposed to do that you wouldn't realize you're supposed to do so that hopefully you're not like super offensive. (laughs) And so we get there and we also got to learn a a few words in Khmer. That was their language. And so I remember kind of being like, like, okay, I know, like, some numbers. I know a few things, right? And one day, we're on the tuk-tuk, so it's, like, kind of like a taxi sort of thing. It's, like, it's more like a golf cart taxi. And we had this caravan of tuk-tuks taking us to our next place. Now, on my tuk-tuk, 
Unfortunately, there was no translators. <laughs> there were no leaders either. Just me and a few other high schoolers on this tuk-tuk on the other side of the world um, with a language we didn't understand. And I can tell you guys, and my husband can attest to this, I am so, honestly, anyone that's ever met me <laughs> can attest to this, that I am so, so directionally challenged. So we better be sticking with that caravan. But of course, that's not exactly what happened. And our, all the tuk-tuks are going left. Y'all, I remember this like it was yesterday. I was, it was a very proud moment for me, honestly. And they're all going left. And our tuk-tuk, only ours, decides to go right. Yeah. You could imagine that I was for sure, 100% in that moment, panicking. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Like, we're gonna end up somewhere that I don't even know where we're at. Like, what is going on? I'm not gonna be able to tell them how to get back to the place. Like, stressed, right? And in that moment, I'm panicking, and I remember, y'all, by the grace of God, <laughs> by the grace of God, the Holy Spirit reminded me of left, how to turn left. And I just yelled out, Batsadon, Batsadon, Batsadon. And the tuk-tuk the, the driver turned left. Yeah, I was, seriously, that was like a really big deal for me. I was so excited. I was like, yes, I remember. I was more like relieved <laughs> than anything. I wasn't like, yeah, I did that. I was more like, oh my gosh, thank you, Jesus, that you helped me with that moment. But you don't have to be on the other side of the world <laughs> to have miscommunication. Like we didn't speak the same language. We didn't, um, we didn't have the same customs or the same culture. But even then, I got, y'all, I got lucky in that moment. But there's so many opportunities for me to have miscommunication and misunderstanding. But you can be here on the tollway and have misunderstanding. You could be in whatever state you're in in America and have misunderstandings. You know this if you're married, you know, when you're like, uh, you told him to do this, but he did that. <laughs> or your husband, you told him to do, oh, wait. Yeah, the, your wife, your wife, both, we're going to go after both. It's okay. Like, don't, don't worry. I'm not going to just go after one. The girl tells the guy, hey, this or that. And the guy tells the girl, no, this is that. There's so much miscommunication, right? What about, like, your kids? When you're like, hey, uh, take out the trash. Pretty simple, pretty uh, self-explanatory. We understand what this means. But your kid, like, takes out a piece of trash, not, like, the trash, right? So there can be these misunderstandings even here in our life right now when we speak the same language, when we have the same culture, and we grow up in the same area, and even then there can be misunderstandings and miscommunication. So is it so far-fetched to believe that when we open up our Bibles that was written to an, at an ancient time to another culture, another place, another time on our, our timeline, that we might have, maybe, maybe we might have a little bit of miscommunication, a little bit of misunderstandings, most definitely, yes, we can. And what John talked about last week and how we approach those scriptures is so important because we got to know this book, right? We have to understand this book so that we can follow God. You know, our mission here is that we're inviting everyone to find Jesus and helping them take a step to the center of God's purpose for their lives, right? How do we do that? It's knowing God's word and understanding it and understanding what it is saying to us and how we should live it. But when we don't do that, when we don't apply it to our lives correctly, when we don't really get it in our hearts and understand what it's saying to us, we can be sidelined in our faith. And one minute we're going one way and we're getting things right and we're on track and the next thing we know, we're sidelined. 
I like to think of these as kind of when we misunderstand scripture as kind of nails in the road. These things that we can run over and they sideline us in our faith. And now we have a flat and we don't know why. It's because we misunderstand and we misapply this Bible to our lives. And so here's a few things, five things before we get into actually how to approach it. Here's five things that happen when we don't do that well. Number one right here, it's limited. We have a limited and incomplete view of God. A limited and incomplete view. So if you've ever seen like a beautiful painting, right? If you get up close to that painting and you look right at it, you're like an inch away. You only see one little piece of it. And sometimes we do that with our Bibles. And we're reading this amazing story that God gave us. And we read it and we read this one thing, right? This one little piece. But we don't see that God is not just this one verse. There's so much more to who he is. And so we have to understand him in the full view of who he is in the full view of scripture. So when we know scripture as a whole, when we understand it, we can understand how big he is. That he's not just this one thing. He's many things, right? And so it's so important when we apply it to our lives that we will have a a good view of God, a right view of God. And when we don't, we'll have a limited and an incomplete view of him. Number two, we will exalt ourselves. We'll have an exalted view of ourselves. This one was huge for me when I was learning how to read the Bible. Because the truth is, we come to our Bibles with everything that we are. I bring all that I am to that text. I bring my gender. I bring my history. I bring my circumstances. I bring my culture. I bring my offenses. I bring my judgments. I bring everything that I am, good and bad, (laughs) good and bad, to this ancient text, and when I read it, I read it through my own worldview. And that can be so dangerous, and we spend our lives, and we'll start following this, and we will suddenly realize, we'll look in the mirror one day and be like, oh, this was not the gospel at all. And I was following the gospel of myself, and not the true gospel that's written in this book. So it's so important. Number three, we'll have a shallow understanding of scripture. We'll have a shallow understanding of it. When we approach the book, when we open up that book, when we open up our Bible app or go to read our verses, there is so much depth there. And it's a full story, kind of like number one. It's a full story and a full narrative. We have to understand it as one complete story with a theme that is God, the creator of the universe, has at his own personal cost come on a rescue mission for us for you, for me. We have to understand it as a whole so that we can have a full view of what it is and and not have this shallow understanding of it. Number four, we risk theological error. This is scary. This is scary stuff because one day (laughs) you can can be thinking that you, kind of like I mentioned earlier, you can be thinking that you know and you're following Jesus and you're doing it right, but if you don't have scripture and you're not applying it well to your lives, you will turn and you'll be led astray and led in the wrong direction and having beliefs about God and about yourself that are not true. When I went to school, we always taught, I had a professor and he would say that our theology, what we believe about God, leads to our doxology, how we live for God. And it's so true and we want to, we want to believe about him rightly so that we can follow him. And then number five, we miss out on its depths. This is also, I like all these honestly, so let's be real. I'm excited about all of it. But we miss out on the depths of it 
And it is so rich and there is so much. Y'all, the Bible is genius. <laughs> like it's so amazing and so cool when we learn about it and when we understand it. And so it's so important to not only know God's word, but really apply it well, because when we apply it well, we won't run into these. We probably will naturally run into them because we're so human. That's so classic of us, right? But we have to watch out for these things so that we can continue to live out the mission and the call of God on our life. So we have to listen to this text. We have to listen to it. And I use the word listen, like, very intentionally. We're, we're talkers, right? Like, you know, you hear, like, you, want, you don't want to understand. You want to be understood. <laughs> and we're so quick to speak. We're so quick to bring who we are and to share our own opinions. But when we approach Scripture, we have to be listeners. We have to be open to hear that. And that is a characteristic of humility. That means that we're here to listen and to learn, not that we know it all, not that we have all the answers, but we're here to understand, not be understood. And that not that who our Jesus is? The, the picture of humility? Isn't he the picture of humility that he would lay his own life down? He would lay it all down even though he had reason to brag, boast, and be like, I am the Messiah. Even he laid it down. He lived in humility, so don't we, when we approach Scripture, shouldn't we be approaching it with humility, with a willingness to ask questions and to understand it and not bring all that we think and all that we know, but what it's saying to us? So when you read it, when you read this book and you open it up and you open up that Bible app, instead of assuming you know it all, don't assume you know it all. Assume that you don't know it at all. Assume that you don't know it at all. This is especially difficult for those of us who have maybe been raised in church. Maybe you've read it back and forward. Maybe you heard it growing up. Maybe you've studied it. Maybe you've just been a Christian for a really, really long time. And it's, it's difficult to come to the scripture, to come and open up your Bible and really, really learn from it and hear it in a new way and hear it with fresh eyes and fresh ears. It's difficult to do that. But we have to come. I talk to baby Christians all the time. And they say, oh, I don't, I don't feel like I know anything about it. Like, I don't feel like I can open this book up. Shouldn't we all, like, come to it with, a, with that kind of posture that says, there's so much more to know about God. There's so much more in here. Don't assume you know it all. Assume you don't know it at all. But this humility that we approach, it's really not just a Jesus thing, even though, yes, it is. Humility is a theme throughout throughout our scriptures. So we got some, some verses for you. Psalm 25, verse 9. He guides the humble. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. Proverbs 11, 2. Book, the Proverbs is all about wisdom. This is wisdom literature. Pride leads to disgrace, but with humility, with humility comes wisdom. Another one from Proverbs, Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. My child, Pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Humility. Humility, not just in what we do and how we talk to people and how we love people and how we serve people, but how we learn, right? And some of the ways we can practically do that is, one, we can pray. Pray, 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 pray. Before I open up my Bible, I pray. 
Before I get into that Devo, I pray. Before I pull up, pull up that Right Now Media study, I pray and I just ask God as simply as this, Lord, will you show me what this means? Will you help me understand the truth that's found in it? And it's as simple as that, just praying and laying your own opinions down, what you know about the Bible down, asking God to lead the way, his Holy Spirit to lead the way. But there's also some practical questions you can answer as well. So here's three questions before you jump in, just really practical, really quick. What did it say? So what did it say to those people then at that time, in that place, at that church? What did it mean to them? you got to know their culture. you got to kind of understand what their situation was like. What did it mean to them? Not what does it mean to me today, right now, here, now. What did it mean to them? And then what does it mean? What does it mean to me? What is that thing? What is the principle? What is the truth that's found in it that I can apply to my life? And those are like great questions, right? Like, oh, yeah, okay, like I'm ready. Like, let's go. But maybe you're like, but how do I even answer those questions? It's one thing to ask the question. It's a whole other thing to actually answer the question. But I've got really, really good news for you. That community brings clarity. Community brings clarity. You're not doing this thing alone. And you were never intended to read your Bible in a bubble. You are intended and built for community. 1 Corinthians um, verse, chapter 12, verse 27 here. And, and this is a long one, so stick with me a little bit. But this is written to the Corinth church. And he's basically telling them how to um, deal with things in the church, how to operate as a church and as a church body. And what we say here at Hope a lot of times is growth happens best in community. And the greatest resource that we have is each other. Isn't that so wonderful that we were designed and gifted and created to help one another. So here it is. He's talking to them. And he says, all of you together are Christ's body. And each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. Stick with me. First, there are apostles. Second, prophets. Third, teachers. Then there are those who do miracles. Those who have the gifts of healing. Those who can help others. Those who have the gift of leadership. Those who speak in unknown languages. And this is what I want to just sit in for a second. Because if you feel like you have to understand everything and get everything right and meet every single need and have every single gift, it's not true. It's not true because it says here, are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? He's asking that, and he says this, of course not. Of course not. Of course not. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have all the answers. There are so many resources. And my favorite resource of all is you and me and the people that God has put in our lives and around us to learn these things. But there's some other resources. We got them up here for you. Church, that's you and me. That's, that's people that we find, those leaders, pastors, friends around our Bible study table. But we also got the Bible Project. John talked about that last week. It's an incredible resource. If you didn't check it out yet, go check it out. We've got the Breakdown Podcast. This is something that we do every week. It's, it's started here at Hope. And we get together and we take a bite-sized portion of the weekend teaching at Hope Fellowship, so here at Hope. And we take a, a passage of scripture that was talked about in the message, and we break it down. 
So when you think of those questions, what did it mean, what does it mean, all of that, and you're like, well, how do I know? You can join us for the Breakdown podcast, and you can learn the context and the culture and become, become um, gain understanding about what is actually being said then and there and what does that mean. So you can, that's literally what we do is Bible study. So the Breakdown podcast, and then one of the resources that maybe, maybe those feel big, right? Maybe those feel like, I haven't opened up a Bible in my whole life. I feel like that's too big for me. Well, it's not, but... If you need a baby step, if you need the first step to kind of really dip your toe in, um, we've got Bible studies in groups. Groups here at Hope where we go through different Bible studies and you can begin to learn more about the Bible, understand it more. And so there are resources for you. Go to hopefellowship.net slash groups. You'll find different groups. And some of them are on books of the Bible. Right now online, for our online community, we have one on the book of Acts. It's so simple. We just have the Bible app. And we are just going through a study on Acts. So we read a little Devo and we read a chapter. And it's such a good thing to just keep us connected to Scripture. And so there's so many resources that we have out there in our lives. There's so many things that we've been given and that we've given each other to help us stay on course and help us stay and understand this book, this book that we're, we're encouraging you. We're saying, hey, like, you've got to read this thing. And you're like, how? You can. The resources. You can. You can do it. And the truth is that our Bibles, it's not that we can't do it. It's that we just don't sometimes. Because life, you know, life gets in the way or our Things are happening at work or things are happening at home or we're feeling inadequate as a person or we're going through a difficult season or maybe we're just honestly, like if we were really, really honest, maybe just a little distracted, maybe just a little lazy sometimes. I, I'm, I'm speaking to myself. I know that that's me, <laughs> that I have times where I'm just like, nah, I'm all right. I'm too busy, I'm too tired, I'm too exhausted, I don't have it in me, I've got too much going on, I'm too distracted. But the truth is that it brings me back every time because I remember that it didn't come, it didn't come cheap. Cherish your Bible, cherish it, because it did not come cheap. One of my favorite uh, people in the Bible is little King Josiah, and he was in the book of Kings. So if you open up your Bible in the book of Kings, you know, you're going to learn about little Josiah. And during this time, like God was lot, like God was not a thing. People were worshiping idols. They were following idols and not God. And at the point that he was brought up, he didn't even know what to do because he was, he was like, there's no instruction. There's no, like, I'm not sure what to do. And so he sends people out to figure out and find Yahweh, the one true God, and let's get back to that. And they go to this temple that's destroyed, and in the ashes, they find the law. They find the book of the law. They say, I've got this. It had been preserved miraculously. It had been preserved. So even in the time of the Old Testament, there was a struggle to keep this thing at the center of our lives. Like, this is not like a new thing. That's kind of encouraging for me. But even after that, there were kings and generals and people that were seeking to persecute the church, that were trying to shut it down and shut it up. And they were able to pull the Bible away from us. And there were people that somehow through all of this, through all of the persecution, through all of the people trying to take away and shut down this message that this book had, still 
Even still, it's amazing, you guys, even still. The Bible survived. The scriptures survived all that time. And then eventually there comes a time where it was translated into Latin. And what I think was an attempt truly to preserve and to protect this understanding of the Bible, the Catholic Church took it and was trying to preserve it, and only they could interpret it. And only they could be the ones to tell you what was in it. And it took it out of the hands of you and I. And for a really long time, we couldn't read this book. And it sits on your coffee table and in your drawers and on your phone app and never, never touched. And there was a time where we couldn't. We literally couldn't. And there were people that rose up and that led reformations and that literally died. They literally gave their lives because it was so important and it mattered so much that we had this book. Because in this book were the, book, uh, were the words of life for us were strength for us, was the message of the gospel, was direction for us. It was so mattered. It so mattered that people literally gave their lives for it. They gave up their lives so we could read this book, and yet we don't cherish it because we forget that it didn't come cheap and it didn't come free. And I cherish it. I so cherish it. And I'm not always great at cherishing it, that's for sure, but I cherish it. And I remember when I was 17, I was starting to follow Jesus, and I just, I just knew, like, okay, like, I'm in. Like, this is something I want to do. This is someone I'm cho- Jesus I'm choosing to believe in. And I remember deciding to get baptized. We, we did baptisms last week, and I remember that moment where I was like, okay, it's time. And they called us in. We would have, like, a class right before, like we do here at Hope. And we have a class kind of explaining, hey, this is what you're doing. And I remember being in that room, and I didn't know much about the Bible. Like, truly. I grew up in church. I was around the message. Never understood. I never read it through. I never knew much of what was in it. Like, at all. I was totally biblically illiterate. Didn't understand it. But I knew I wanted to know Jesus. And I'm in that room. And they tell the story about how in Scripture it talks about when we get baptized. It's like we're going under the water. And we're burying our old life. And we're coming up with a new life, a new person, a new creation. I remember hearing that and being like, oh, that's cool. I've never heard that. I never heard that in my life. But what they didn't know was that all throughout high school, I had an eating disorder. And I remember looking in the mirror and thinking, God can heal broken bones and he can do amazing things, but he can't change my mind. I remember thinking that this this was something that was outside of his reach for whatever reason, Probably because I didn't know the Bible. I didn't know what it was telling me. And so often we think God can't change our minds, but that's what he does. I love it. Beth Moore says that Jesus saved my soul and the Bible saved my mind because it, it became real to me that night. And I went and I got baptized. And we did a little testimony and I was up there and I was saying, I used to feel like God was up there. Now I feel he's right here. And I got baptized. And very literally in my life, I left that eating disorder, I left that sickness under the water and I came up with a new life that actually happened and I remember walking away thinking it's true and it's real and this book, it's alive 
And it truly is what it says it is. It's truly doing what it says it's going to do. It's not words or ideas on a paper. It is actually God's word to me and God's power in my life. And I'm so grateful for it. And after that, I went and I bought a Bible. (laughs) I went and I got that Bible. And I just started reading. I just said, I don't care if I understand it, which probably wasn't the best because I didn't know all this, the resources and the things. I said, I don't care. I just got to know this book. And I hope that that's the same for you. That now, before we go into Hebrews, and as we leave this series on how to Bible, that you leave this and you think, I gotta get into this book. I have to know this book because there is peace you can find in it. There's hope you can find in it. And most of all, there's a person. And that person's name is Jesus. And he came. He is God. And he came and he died on the cross, he, he bore our sins, he bore our wrong, all our failures, all our mistakes, all our shortcomings, and he, he took that on himself, and he died on the cross and rose again, and his message is in that book, and it is that he loves you so much that he would give his life, and he would pay the price so that you can know him. That's the message. That's the anchor for my soul. And it's the anchor for our soul. And so as we close here and and we finish up this series, I want to pray for two people, one in this room where maybe you've just never, never said yes to him. And you you thought he was just this idea or this person or this teacher. And he's more than that. And you're, you're ready to say yes. Or maybe you're in here and you've known the book your, your whole life. You've known the Bible. You've known the story. You've known the message. And it's just collecting dust. And it's become just commonplace. Or maybe you've never opened it at all. I want to pray for those of you who are ready to just like jump into the Bible. Like you're ready to know it and ready to learn it. I want to pray for you and just make that commitment today. And for those of you who are saying yes. So let's pray together. Lord, I thank you so much for every single person that's listening to this message today, wherever they're at. Maybe they're in another country even. Maybe they're in Cambodia. Maybe they're down the street, wherever they're at in their lives, God, you're right there in the midst of them, God, that they're not far from you. And even though they've made mistakes, maybe, and maybe they've gone through things where they feel like they're too far gone or they can never understand your message or your word because of who they are, that's not true. And God, I pray that right now, those of them that are making a commitment to rededicate and to re, re-say again, hey, God, I'm in and I want to know your word. God, I pray that you would give them the strength and grace to do that and you would show yourself and reveal yourself through your word. And finally, I pray for those who are saying yes to you today. God, I thank you that you know us, that you're calling us regardless of where we've been and what we've been through. You're calling us, you love us, and you want us to come into relationship with you. And there's all these things that you have, the peace and the joy and the comfort that you bring. And it's just on the other side of them saying yes to you. And I pray they'd say yes to you right now. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for listening to Hope's weekend message. Visit hopefellowship.net and further connect with us by downloading the Hope app from the App Store or Google Play. Have a great day.